This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Cheese, so many dudes. every single dude, all the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder with Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. Wonder, A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us. Hello. In from the cold, Jamie. In from Portland. Oh, my God. What a trip. Portland. Yeah. Soggy. uh, yeah, I mean, whatever dreariness Portland has was definitely balanced out by election results. Um, Portland downtown is just like all boarded up. And um, really? yeah, it was really a bummer because I really love Portland and I've performed there a bunch and I always like really look forward to going there. And yeah, I mean, like all of its essence, at least the part I saw um, was, yeah, kind of stripped away. So, yeah. But then when the election happened, you know, there was like lots of honking and celebration. So that part I was like, okay, like at least whatever boarding up I'm seeing, I feel like it's the end of it, you know, that things will move in a better direction now. But yeah, kind of bleak. Kind of bleak. Yeah. Who were you this week after all? Oh, my God. Um, I guess this week, maybe a little bit of a carry just because I... Just my my classic reason for being a Carrie, just like I was doing stand up, not that Carrie does stand up, but I did stand up at night and then I was like tweaking my set during the day for the next night's performance. So it was just a lot of like being on stage and then like on my laptop and um, yeah, just trying to be like as word perfect and writerly as possible. How did the shows go? Were you happy? Were they fun? I, I was really happy with Thursday night. So I basically, I had this show that I wanted to do in Edinburgh. I couldn't go to Edinburgh. It got canceled this year because of the pandemic. And so I was like, I'm going to use this weekend as an opportunity to run this show or like workshop it. And I was really transparent about that. I had like my paper on stage and I was kind of like reading, but performing and I don't normally like reading anything on stage. I just kind of feel like it's lazy. But I was like, I think this crowd, if anyone's going to be into it, this crowd will understand. And Thursday night was awesome. And I was like, God, that was so helpful. And I got all these messages being like, thank you so much. That was so like, it was such a great show. And it was so cool, like watching you work on it. And I was like, okay, good. This is good. And then the next night I did the same show and the crowd was just like, not great. Granted, they were not great for, I would say they weren't great overall. But they they were really into when I was doing stand up up top before I sort of like shifted into the new show. Right. So I think part of it was on me because I definitely like switched up the pacing. Like I started just like doing jokes about Portland and the election and like all topical stuff. And they were really into that. And then when I was like, okay, I was working on the show and now I'm going to kind of like do it for you guys. I think they were like, oh, okay. Like it was just a little bit of an energy pivot. So I feel like that was on me. But the night before was the same situation and it went 
really well. So anyways, this is a long way to say I got this message afterwards that was like, Jamie, I was at your show and that was like the least professional thing I've ever seen in my life. What? Like a complete shift from the night before just being like that was so unprofessional we were paying audience members and you clearly didn't have it memorized and you're just dicking around and I'm like I 100% don't have it memorized which is why I was like gonna you know read it and perform it all the time yeah and then they were like yeah David Sedaris would never do that and I'm like well I'm not trying to be David Sedaris I'm like trying to get this thing doesn't he read his stuff also yeah and also like I don't plan on reading this forever I just was reading it because I don't have it memorized because I didn't get to work on it. Like I haven't run the show ever. So anyways, so I wrote back a reply and I was just like, Hey, I never want someone to feel like they didn't get their money's worth. Um, but you know, just to let you know, like the night before it worked really well. So I felt really encouraged to do it again. And then this was just a very different type of show. People weren't responding the same way. Then they wrote back and were like, complimenting it they were like well the material's really good and like you can tell like it's going to be really good once and I was like it was really nice but then I was like the the initial like out of the gate was so aggressive and yeah it was just like it's just interesting I think sometimes people message thinking they almost want you to like get mad back or something and then when you kind of meet them with kindness they're like oh oh yeah you're just a person oh yeah you're just like a human trying to like do your best and then they were really nice so I don't know it was a really really interesting experience wow well I'm glad that you followed it through and that it ended on a nice note Yeah, I think so. I think so. And also, like, then I sort of just did stand up the rest of the weekend because I was like, oh, I don't want people to feel like I'm, like, wasting their time. But I got to still use some of the jokes from the show. So it wasn't, like, a complete waste. Good. Um, Yeah. So that was that. How are you? Who are you? What's the latest? I would say I am a carrier or basically all the core four when they go to L.A. Because obviously, since last time we spoke, we have a hopefully we have a new president. Who we're all so excited about and so yes. happy about. And when I got the news, um, I got it in from I woke up to like like a hundred texts and everybody going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. But all of my friends, I'm I'm staying at my mom's in like a suburb, like right. a white, like sixty-eight percent of people voted for Biden. So it's major more Biden than Trump, but it's not like a clean sweep. Okay. Okay. So my friends on the east side, like where Jamie and I live, um, my friends were woken up with like pots and pans and car honks, like, which is really exciting. And where I am, like, there was like not a peep, like you would never have known. And I had total FOMO because I was going through my phone on Instagram and everyone I know in New York literally just walked outside their door and people were like dancing. And to be fair, so I was saying I was kind of like the girls because like they're kind of like New York's better than L.A. kind of. And that's kind of how I was feeling on Instagram. But that being said, three blocks away from my apartment in Los Feliz, people were dancing on cars. Yeah, I I went. I was there. Yeah. Okay. well, I was really jealous. I had a lot of FOMO. So I forced my mom to drive us to Venice because I was like, there's got to be somewhere on the West Side. Of course. Yeah, Venice is a perfect spot. Right. But it's so funny because I mean, it's not funny, but my mom is so scared of COVID that she barely like I she barely felt comfortable wearing an N95 mask with her windows rolled up. Oh, driving. wow. Oh, wow. She wow, was like, wow. well, you know, air can get through into the car. And I was like, oh, oh wow. my God. Wow. So it wasn't like the wild time that I, had, you know, we did some honking. We saw some people. We saw signs. 
I just really, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. laid up. And so uh, I had the most intense FOMO watching people partying oh. and honking and popping bottles and stuff. I get that. But I was still so happy. I mean, I've, I was so I've been very happy about this whole thing. I it's like we're in a Marvel movie that I wouldn't watch because I don't <laughs> like superhero movies where it's like good versus evil. And it's no, like at the yeah. last minute good somehow squeaked by so totally i'm very very happy yeah it's the, the the whole election and the partying really clarifies to me that like if i you know living in la i would only want to live in a neighborhood where people are going to be dancing on cars not yeah. a neighborhood where it's like not a right no i'm i'm happy that we live where we live i definitely did you party like, and like no i mean there was definitely like at the hotel i was at there were cars oh, you were in portland. outside yeah i was in portland oh. people weren't it wasn't really wow. the same. I mean, they were because they were honking all day on the oh, street. Oh, that's good. But I was like, I don't have a car, so I can't like join the caravan. People weren't here. like dancing around in the street and stuff. No, I didn't really see that. But again, downtown is like no one wants to go downtown right now. It's all boarded up. It's like not. It's depressing. It's not classic downtown. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, people were out like, you know, I went for a walk and like there, you know, people like outside of Powell's books and that kind of thing. But it wasn't like the celebration, like the full on like jubilation that was happening Ooh, here. Jubilation. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I just wanted to say on the subject of like LA's response specifically, like one of my favorite yeah. things that I saw from it was um, there's this guy, Wally Fisser, who's like a very famous cinematographer and he, he drove up Sunset in Echo Park and he just like shot a fun little iPhone video oh, of just like the crowds. And it was just like oh, such a wow. fun, weird little cool. like, but it's just such That's a fun, awesome. like LA specific thing where it's like a famous, oh, famous cinematographer shooting. Sunset. Like Echo <laughs> Park on Sunset was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram just fucking going off. Like, yeah. I just think that is so like once in our lifetime to see, I mean, in a city like LA, everybody on the street dancing Absolutely. is just like, well, it's just not a thing where everybody's out. Like if anything, no one's out at the same time. It's like, there are never like crowds in Los Feliz. It's always like maybe gathered outside of a brunch place, but like, <laughs> it's pretty, I, you know, everyone's kind of in their homes. But that's so. the thing that's so wild about this time. I mean, it is such a, like out of a book or a movie, like the fact that there's like, a dis like a virus is like ravaging us and it's like surging but people are still like out in the streets it's like the best of times and worst of times it's a really surreal time speaking of surreal times oh my god <sighs> speaking of i mean this episode pretty crazy i love this episode pretty fucking crazy it's so fun yeah it's, this is this is i mean season six is just fucking chef's it's kiss so good it, every episode just gets better than the next like it really just builds and builds and builds i agree and like i'm always happy to see jamie and sky and talk about the show but there are certain episodes where i'm just like chomping at the bit to talk about this is definitely one yeah this uh yeah chef's kiss is a great way to put it it's so good mm -hmm. season six episode two it's called great sex expectations now rose kick us off oh thank you <laughs> This episode begins with Carrie and Berger hitting the town. They cannot keep their hands off each other. They make out at a bed, bath and beyond. They close down a restaurant with their making out. They are really going for it. Unfortunately, when they actually go for it and sleep together, it's not exactly what either of them expected. The sex, surprisingly, isn't great. It's not great. Afterwards, the core four all catch up at a hot new restaurant <laughs> called Raw. 
It was just quiet. I wouldn't worry about it, Carrie. If the kisses were good, then the sex will eventually be good. I'm not worried. How quiet was it? It was so quiet that at one point, I heard the M11 bus. I heard the doors open, I heard people getting off. Well, at least someone <laughs> was getting off. And speaking of... Hey, oh, welcome uh, to Rock. Hello. Uh, yes! Hello. Yes! We'd like to get you started with a little amuse bush. I'd like him to amuse my bush. Well, oh. this just looks delicious. It's our summer vegetable soup. I see you guys are set for drinks, so I'll give you a minute with the menus and... Oh, our specials tonight, if you're interested. In oh, I'm extremely interested. Leek papaya patties and zucchini enchiladas. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm gonna need a pizza after this. I'm gonna need a napkin to dry off my seat. That waiter was hot. Jesus, Sam! The soup is not. What is this? Bad. This is bad. It is like lawn in a bowl. Maybe something should be over 118 degrees. <laughs> like sex, for example? Okay, can we please forget I said anything seriously? Who else has news? I do, but you're going to have to put down your menus because I need your undivided attention. Well, you'll have to shoot our waiter. Will you look at that ass? <laughs> you shoot oh our waiter. Oh, my God. Do you mind? I have something a bit shocking to say. And after I say it, I don't want anyone to react because I'm very happy with my decision. I'm becoming a Jew. <laughs> Music stops. What? I can feel you reacting. I love Harry very much, and he loves me. So tomorrow, I'm meeting with the rabbi to discuss converting. Isn't that a lot of hoop jumping for a man? Look, Harry's not who I expected to fall in love with, but I did. And he makes me laugh. And he says what he means, and, and I feel like I can be myself around him. But yourself is Episcopalian. And it is still the most exciting sex I've ever had. Mazel tov. I love that Harry's like a stallion in the bedroom. You know what? It's... I just thought of something. Do you think that they called him Harry because he's bald? Like as a mean joke? It's just a schlumpy I, oh, name. Oh, I wouldn't put it past them. Because they're so 100% clever. That 100% is possible. Ugh. Yeah, and they're also, like, not the kindest. Uh, no, no, no. So, yeah, that probably had something to do with it. He also, though, does have insane back hair, which That's his true. parents may have known and might have been like, you know what? In the future, Harry, our famous family back hair is going to come it's, through. Because yeah. it's not really... Um, it's not really a it's not really a young person's name. Like you don't meet a lot of Harrys in your life. No, my grandpa's Harry. It's like an old. That's person. what I'm saying. It's like almost it almost does feel like a TV name. It doesn't feel like yeah, this guy named Harry. It's like I don't know. We have to say. Well, I, I sorry. I must say before we dive into this exquisite head to toe, mm -hmm. absolute perfect scene. Miranda I has need never. Need a napkin to wipe off my seat. <laughs> that it's... waiter was hot. You know what? There were so a couple jokes. Funny. <clears throat> Jamie and I. <laughs> Jamie had a show years ago that I worked on and so did a friend of hers, Dan St. Germain. Yeah. And there were a couple jokes in here that sound like I remember working with Dan and like the way he structured jokes like, oh. like I'm going to amuse my boosh. That kind of reminded me of like a Dan oh, St. Germain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, but Dan St. Germain. But Miranda, uh, Cynthia Nixon has never looked more beautiful. She looks stunning in this episode. I don't know if you guys noticed or or, or agree, but I just remember looking at the scene and being like, you know. There's so many episodes that did her dirty with like the styling where she just looks like they just don't. There's ways to make anyone look their best and then not their best. Totally. And I thought she looked her best and absolutely this beautiful. whole season. They they dial up her fashion. She takes more risks. Like, yeah, they they finally like 
allow her to be a sexual being or something. I feel like they were kind of stripping that away from her a little bit in the early episodes where they kind of like, I don't know, she was just like, it was also her character. It was just very like kind of buttoned up and distant. And now I feel like it's more expressive. Yeah, I just thought she looked beautiful. But as far as the scene, what do you think about this scene, James? Um, I absolutely love how distracted Samantha is. I love that she couldn't care. Like, this is an example of when Samantha's being selfish and it fully works for comedy. Yes. Because this is not like, oh, she doesn't give a shit about Brady or what, you know, like she's just so drawn to this waiter and it is such a it's just such a funny runner throughout the scene because they're all unloading about like you know having bad sex and becoming a Jew and like all these bigger topics and Samantha just keeps focusing on the waiter I also love that like we're finally making fun of a restaurant in New York I feel like there were so many there's so many restaurants in this show but this is the first time that I can remember that the restaurant becomes part of the comedy. Because those gimmick restaurants, especially in the early 2000s, were such a big thing. I remember I lived around the corner from a place that was like only mac and cheese. (laughs) And you could get like truffle mac and cheese. There was one that was like brie and fig mac and cheese. And it was like... It's like banana bubblegum mac and cheese. Yeah, it was just a little goofy. I I even ordered from there a couple times because it was so close to my apartment. And it wasn't that good. And but, But everyone was just like, it's such a good idea. It's only mac and cheese restaurant. And like, I kind of felt that about raw. I like that they're like, yeah, I just like that. It was kind of like a stupid, like goofy LA restaurant, but in New York city, it was just like, yeah, it just felt really fun. No, I was thinking the same thing, but like, I love how much they make fun of the food in the restaurant, but it's funny because like in 2020, there have been so many jokes about like vegetarian, ew, this is gross. Where's the meat. But for some reason, I think because this was new, like this was cutting edge at the time, like totally kale, what kale didn't even exist at this time in terms of the popular imagination. So these jokes are fun and fresh. Yes. And I also love that it's not making fun of vegetarianism or veganism specifically. It's making fun of the fact that none of the food is cooked. Yeah. That to me is like it like makes it I think it makes it feel even more current. Yes. Because if someone wrote this now, you'd be like, oh, that's really funny that you had to go to an all raw restaurant. But I feel like they they did do it early because there was that like the restaurant with the woman with the kooky side hat. And then there was the like the S&M place too. like they had the a couple of like, yeah, they had a the what like, restaurant, the one where they're like literally in a bed, which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. bed. I feel like they made fun of the nightclub scene. But this is the first time they've made fun of the restaurant scene that I can remember. In was a while, there another in restaurant? A while. They've, do- they've done it. They've just like gone to like absurd restaurants a couple of times. It's just been a while. And it's fun. This episode feels like a real like almost could have been season one or season two episode with like some of its swings, which I love. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I also. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, something was happening in New York at that time because there definitely were more and more of these types of gimmicks. Like we see the bed episode later in this season and that I remember when that club opened and people could not stop talking about it. I didn't know that was a real thing. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a real thing. Yeah, I actually might still be there. It was in the meatpacking district. And it's funny because really the beds are just I mean, we could talk about this when we get to that episode, but the beds are just what you would see at like a pool cabana or something. It's not like they're actually like canopy beds. You know what I mean? Like they're it's still fucking wild, though. It is. It is. And like the the name bed is very funny. So I, I also have to say restaurant culture is so big when you live in a major metropolitan city. It's such a big part of your social life that watching them, first of all, 
I love the fashion. I love Charlotte's like bizarre bustier top. She's like wearing like an ancient corset with like a mid-length skirt. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I really like it. And yeah. like they're pretty, all pretty they're dreamy. all dressed to the nines. Actually, Carrie's hair has never looked better than in this episode. It's like mid-length. It looks gorgeous. They all look beautiful. They're walking through this fucking chic restaurant and like little me in my room who hasn't been to a restaurant in like months. I was like, this looks like if you ask me, what is your dream? I would say to be Aww. with friends all dressed up, walking into a sceny restaurant that probably doesn't even have good food. But just like that just looked insanely fun. To me. Wow. That that's like, oh, man, I wish I had had that reaction. That makes me so happy that you had that takeaway. It looks so fun. I was like still jaded. I was like, oh, yeah, there's and I'm like, oh, no, I, sh- I really wish I was still like appreciating the things that we don't have access to right now. I put on like right now I have makeup on because I had a meeting, a Zoom meeting earlier. But, you know, I'm like wearing pajama pants and like, you know, sometimes I mean, I'll yeah. still dress up. But it's like there's something so fun about dressing up to be seen. Totally. You know, which which just looked like a lot of fun. I do have to say, as I've said before, many times on the pod, I haven't watched the show a million times. So it is sometimes some episodes make me feel like it's the first time. So the burger twist, I think, is absolutely genius and hilarious. And considering how many episodes they've done about sex and dating, it's amazing that they hit on this huge one, which I think lots of people have experienced, which is what do you do? When you meet somebody that you like and the sex is bad. What a fun, juicy, like really fertile ground for conversation. And the fact that she didn't even want to talk about it because she's like, I feel so guilty. Like, well, also, I love that they didn't make all of the physical stuff bad. I love that he's like incredible at making out. Yeah. And it's like just when they get down to intercourse, he just like cannot deliver. Is that or they can't deliver to you together. Because I kind um, of agree with Charlotte that like if somebody's got the moves kissing, don't they oh. usually also have the rest of the moves? I weirdly, I mean, I I weirdly exactly had this experience once. Oh my which god! Is so god, tell me everything I need to know. There was this girl in high school um, who, like, we met at ASB camp, so like student government okay. camp, which I only went okay. to for one year, and then like then I started seeing someone else, but we like would text every you now and again. Down at ASB camp, I well. I, <laughs> here's the thing that was always one of the fun uh, revelations where like the people who are like student government people are like just as horny as everybody else (laughs) of course that's a really good twist I feel like you would get so horny at government camp (laughs) well there's so much like backdoor dealing and sliding deals oh my god it's part part of of being in the government you have to like know about scandal and sex and yeah Yeah, there's a whole unit you're gonna be a leader yeah you gotta know it's like if you want to hear the secrets from the other uh, team like you have to go to second base with Shelly Absolutely, Winters. yeah. Yeah, it's politics, baby. So we like we met there, like had like a text thing, whatever. But then I started seeing someone else. Months go by, we break up, and then me and the girl I met at ASB camp like reconnect, and we ended up we both liked each other, so we ended up hooking up and like making out great. <gasps> making out was good. Yeah, we like we had our first like we had our first like kind of like everything, but yes, sure. that was. That's great, so and funny. I still, that should be like wait, EB. everything but is was great. so funny. This it, is crazy. It was wild. Everything the touches but was, and the kisses were good. Yeah. And then uh, th- I was like, what, like 17 or 18 at the time. So like living at our parents' house. You knew house. what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, so, you were, <laughs> so basically so you had the moves. Really I was, experienced. <laughs> I, well, but then we but then we end up like having actually sex. having sex. Like, yeah. And it was just road. like it was terrible. It was just Why like, was oh, my God, that's horrible. What does that mean? What it was, was just terrible like, about it? It's like it's it was like this scene, like where you can kind of just like 
you're thinking everyone was kind of thinking about other things like no one was like in the moment it was like also like it was also like middle of the afternoon and like we're also like 17 and it's like too much light yeah it's just like we're like what are we doing a little bit like it was just not good was it salvageable or not no that ended it like we did not (gasps) talk really thereafter it was nobody that's fascinating yeah, it was wild. It was like it, it's it's nice to see a disappointing sexual experience you've had on screen. Really <laughs> that's exciting. really honestly, that is so cool. Cause like when you can, I I mean, that's when the show is at its best when mm-hmm. it taps into something that feels so real. That felt really real to me. A hundred percent. And that's like I I mean I think Burger feels. It's funny because I think I used to not really understand his deal, and now upon this watch because we're doing so much analysis. I, he feels almost so nuanced that he's real. He's really like, good. It's almost like he's, it's like, I don't really know how to define him, but that's also what defines him. I also think that like he, he and Carrie, especially comparing him to Aiden and Big, I feel like they write their chemistry so well. Like they have Way banter. They're, yes. they're really, yes. really fun together. And so yeah. you can, yep. it makes the pain of them not being successful having sex together I like totally hit agree with that. way harder that's a great point Skylar because it's also like not only is it the kissing that's great it's like all of it the yes. witty repartee like getting each other's sense of humor like all of it is so hot 100%. and then it's like but they can't fuck yeah. Jamie have you ever had something with somebody where you had a crush on them and you found them so funny and then you just tried to do something physical and it was just like damn why does this not work I've definitely had bad sex, but I, I, I don't think so. If anything, it was the opposite where I was like, I found someone kind of like, I just like never knew this guy's deal. And then we ended up having like the most unbelievable sex. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, this guy like fucking flip flops with jeans over here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No one knew that was coming. I'm with Jamie. I, I probably, I've definitely had bad makeouts and bad sex. Oh, for sure had bad makeup. Nothing's coming to mind specifically that matches with this situation, but I've had like way too many of the opposite where like I, I've dated people that I think are not smart, not interesting, not funny. And I'm like super turned on when I hook up, which is Well, bizarre. it almost makes it easier because then you can really just focus on the physical. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's bizarre when it happens. I mean, the other it's not way. good long term, but yeah. like there is something nice when you're like, I only want to have sex with this person. I really am not stimulated any other way, but like clitorally there you go what do you guys think about charlotte announcing she's becoming a jew i i love it i mean i just think it's charlotte obviously as we know has had so much trouble with romantic romantic relationships that like it's nice to just see her not just have a romantic relationship that's pretty much working for her but also to just like commit to figuring out how to make it work for the long term is like it's a it's a nice build for her i think this i'm about to make a point that i feel like maybe rose cerno would make if i hadn't jumped in first but i'm curious how you feel about this rose it feels like something that we would talk about together i think it's interesting that charlotte is so white like wasp white that her sort of like living on the edge is marrying a jew yeah is that how you feel well i didn't think of it before but i think it's a really great point it's I think that's a really, I think, I hate to say it, it's, I'm calling it early, but I think Jamie's the astute cutie of the episode. Oh my God. That's a great point. I hate to say it, No, Jamie, you're absolutely right, because it's like the whole time she's been trying to fit into Wasp world, to Kate Spade world, to Pearls and the country club. This is the last thing that, you're right, this is the ultimate, this is 
what for most people would be like smoking cigarettes and riding on a motorcycle. Absolutely. This is like her doing heroin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, rabbis, she's like a, yeah. a different. He's a different kind of white guy. You're like, OK, Charlotte, like, no, converting to Judaism is straight up like doing meth downtown for her. Absolutely. Yeah, I think tent. you're absolutely right. I I'm, I just say bow down to a studio cutie over here. OK, thank you. I'm so glad to have won the award. Honestly, <laughs> it's like after my hellish question. weekend in Portland, I needed it. Skylar so and I you. are like you're like the roadrunner. We're like left in your dust. Oh, my yes. God. Well, guys, I mean, taking my breath to away. Say. Left yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. Thank you. I needed it so badly. Um, But yeah, I think. Yeah, well, I feel like you were going to say something, Skylar. I was I just going to say I, it was just off of your it's like her doing meth, but it's her doing good meth. It's like her doing like the yeah. drug Matthew McConaughey takes in Limitless. Meth. Like she's opening <laughs> yeah. up. She's becoming Charlotte 2.0. Yeah, Christmas meth. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, you're right. It's like this is, you know, Charlotte is so annoying for most of the season. Six is her redemption season. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it works. And like, yeah, I, I mean, I just love I love Harry so much as a character and i think he's such that guy is such a good actor like he he has he has like a santa quality to him in that he feels like he truly like lights oh, the Jew up the reminds screen. you of santa no i know I, as i said it i was like that's not really what i mean i don't mean santa like christmas i mean like that energy of like he brightens up the sky like whenever he's on screen you're just like oh my god like he just has such an Jamie, energy of you're gonna be okay Jamie are you a Santa head <laughs> are you a big old Santa head Fuck. is that uncovered do you guys not believe or not- I mean I don't want to say anything believe I, I, he's he's here we'll now we'll talk about it offline but you okay. guys I have something important to say I hope I didn't already say this because I hate that feeling but if I didn't this will blow your damn mind Okay. I don't know why I was like going down some sex in the city internet rabbit hole. You guys know that the actor mm. that plays Stanford is straight. Oh, what? He is not gay. That guy is not, not that. gay. He's completely straight. He's only ever dated women. And he said that that role had actually really negatively affected his dating life. Listeners cannot oh, see I this, bet. but Jamie just covered my mouth, looked off. It camera. was as if she looked out into the, <laughs> out to I, you the know, what's funny. I think I, I think I had heard this before, but I maybe thought it was a rumor because it seemed so impossible. What a funny rumor. It's real. He's completely it's straight. Real. He's Isn't very that good. Wild. That's it He's is. He is actor. very good. I thought of it because Jamie was talking about what a good actor Harry was. And I was like, oh my God, the fact that Stanford in real life is not Harry, the guy who played Harry had cancer when he was filming the show. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that I don't, uh, don't quote me on this. I don't know if he was bald from that seems chemo like it. That seems or like it. because I also met him one time at this like charity thing and he was wearing a hat, but I do think he was bald then as well. I don't know, but I just know that he was sick when they were filming this. It's interesting when it goes the other way. Like I'm thinking of, um, Hot priest in Fleabag. That actor is gay, but he has right, such totally amazing chemistry yeah. with yeah oh with Phoebe Waller Bridge. Well, I have to say that um, I, I love this scene, and I the last observation I have about this scene is I kind of thought when Charlotte is describing why she's converting and why she loves Harry, and she says, and the sex is amazing. I was kind of surprised that like you know uh, Carrie just tosses off of a mazel tov but after everything Carrie said and is going through I'm surprised she wasn't a little cowed and like a little like more insecure than just 
her friend is just telling her, I have to marry this guy. This sex is amazing after she just had. Oh, yeah. Really. Bad well, sex. they all have blind spots for sensitivity. In no, this I thought for herself. I thought that Carrie herself would have been hurt by that comment. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. Right. I feel like they right. always are like a little fucking callous. Right. Like, totally. They just are. I'm just and surprised it's, it's Carrie didn't react. Well, she has they, that. She closes on that mazel tov, but it's like kind of a bitter. Yeah, but that's I agree. true. But it's pretty mild. Yeah, but there are some times when you're yeah, this this is part of my my feeling with the show in general, where you kind of want them to acknowledge each other's selfishness more. And they Mm -hmm. just don't. It's very rare. It's very, very rare. Unless it's an episode about them getting in a fight, unless it's like at least a B story. They just don't they don't have like little spats here and there that people have in friendship where it's like, oh, we got a little testy with each other that day. Like it's kind of. I I agree. Don't go there. I agree. But there's part of me that wonders that. When you have a hard comedy, if you're always pointing out that stuff, can you still have a comedy? It's like, no, the answer is no. Yeah, because I don't think you can. Because Samantha's personality is so crazy. You'd be annoyed with her all the time. You'd you'd all hate each other. If this were not, if this were real, you would hate each other. Right. I think almost they have to let it go for comedy. They have to not hear each other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh Yeah. No, this could not be a hard comedy. It it would be, it would actually be like a bummer if they all acknowledged how selfish they were being. Exactly. Okay, so can I take us out? Oh, please. So after their less than great dinner at Raw, also it's kind of funny that it's called Raw because, oh, the last thing I have to say is the waiter, the kind of hot that he is, is so all natural restaurant. Like a guy who has like really greasy long hair and who's wearing a choker. Who Also, he kind of has like a far off gaze, which I feel like really intense vegetarians kind of have like glassy (laughs) eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Read a little too much. Really intense vegetarians have glassy eyes. Yeah, like they oh read my like God. Paolo, you heard Paolo it here too first. much or something. Oh my God. The big alchemist head. Yeah, oh. he's definitely an alchemist head. So anyway, after their less than great dinner at Raw, Miranda and Carrie grab some after dinner pizza. As they Absolutely eat, what I would do, by the way. Yeah, totally. After they eat, Miranda announces that she started seeing someone. Unfortunately, it is not in fact a person. She got a TiVo and she thinks it might be serious. Gary gets serious, too. The sex with Burger wasn't just boring. It was flat out bad. And later at home, Miranda gets down to some Jules and Mimi with her TiVo, the steamy British show she's been watching on there. Charlotte, meanwhile, heads to a synagogue to get the conversion ball rolling. Unfortunately, both of the rabbis she meets slam the door in her face. Harry explains later... They were testing her to see if she was serious about becoming a Jew. She was. So she'll just have to keep trying. I have to say, when I was watching this episode, there were parts of seeing Charlotte with her pearls and her long brown hair and her little coat. I was like, she actually could totally be a Jew because she looks like a lot of women and like my aunt. Like, she just looks like a beautiful Jew who had a nose job. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. She totally looks right. like one of these conservative women that you'd see shuffling out of temple because there are so many preppy, rich girl Jews who yes. act and look Especially just like York. Charlotte. Yeah, it's a definite type in New York, isn't it? It's kind of like Is such that, a thin like Park line. Avenue, upper, upper anything, upper east, upper west. Like, absolutely. Totally. I was kind of like, it's kind of funny because she kind of almost looks already. The well, part. they really nailed the fashion. 100%. They knew exactly what they were doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. So then Miranda catches up with Magda, who has this is an amazing scene, who has some bad news. Magda sat on the TiVo remote and erased all of Miranda's Jules and Mimi episodes. I have to say also, I'm such a nerd for show and thin a show scenes. I think they're so funny. 
I love oh, it. That's Jules so and funny. Show. Also, yeah, the the snippet we see of Jules and Mimi is hilarious because it's, it's like perfect. Yeah, it's great. It's just like horny and like soap opera, and it's, it's great. It's incredible. really funny. I love that it's British. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. It was an accident, but Miranda's still pretty frustrated. And over at her place, Carrie gets a call from Berger. They have a flirty back and forth, so Carrie figures maybe the dull sex was just a one-off and invites him over. Unfortunately, it wasn't. It's just as bad as the last time. Mm. Carrie catches up with Samantha to talk and do some lingerie shopping. Samantha's planning on sleeping with the hot waiter from Raw, and he just doesn't know it yet. And she needs something sexy to wear to really seal the deal. She also tells Carrie to dump Burger, but they end up deciding lingerie might be worth trying first. It might help make their bad sex a little less bad. Do you guys want to hear a lingerie thing quickly? Sure. Absolutely. It's kind of a tangential overshare. It's not a big deal. It's just kind of like I shouldn't have been embarrassed, but um, with my last boyfriend, I remember mm-hmm. I was wearing this really cute bra and underwear once and we, I don't know if it was like night or day, but we were changing to go somewhere and I was like changing and he could like see the cute lingerie and he was like, oh, that was really hot. And I like got really embarrassed and like quickly put my clothes on. Oh, no. And it was kind of weird. It's like we were already months into a relationship. We had already seen each other. But for some reason, like being admired and like having him like look at me, oh, like admiringly, God. like really embarrassed me. I feel like when you're not like, that's not what you're expecting, though, that can get that response. Like, I don't know why I was so embarrassed. I was like, well, also, there's something, something like kind of it's also like he noticed my lingerie. Like there is probably something in your like comedy brain that's like, OK, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like this deep, is... deep down. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it was, but I was like, Ew, don't look at me. I, I, like, I could see that. I could see being a little like, OK, thank you. I guess sometimes it's hard to just I did that again. Like in my... be a girl. Yes. Who, can, who isn't funny. Yeah. yeah or like. Or just like letting somebody like really in in a nice, fun way, objectify you. Yes. One time I was at the beach with a different boyfriend in my 20s and he was like, I want to walk behind you so I can like see you walk in that bathing suit, which is kind of hot if you're like. It is hot. And I was like, no, it's too embarrassing. And I, I like, know. Walked no, next I, to him. He should have just done it. I think like all this stuff, it's like you just just do it. Just don't t- tell me you're going to do it. I'm just not a Samantha and I just couldn't embrace it and be like, yeah want it yeah you're gonna walk even though it's like nice to be like treated like that i just got too shy so i get that anyway um miranda isn't giving up on tivo just yet she calls in the big guns customer service unfortunately they really can't do anything for her so she ends up banging her remote in frustration and almost crying meanwhile carrie heads to dinner with burger where she tries her damnedest to make a spark happen she orders margaritas and really shows off her new lingerie Charlotte, meanwhile, gives the rabbi another try. Hello, rabbi. I brought you some kosher wine. I'm sorry, but my husband can't see you now. Excuse me. I don't mean to be rude, but I think he can. Miss, what? what? Look. I'm 37 years old. I'm reproductively challenged. I'm in love with a Jewish person, and it took me 20 years to find him. I don't have time to play these games. (sighs) 
All right, Charlotte. Lesson number one. You have to give it a rest because it's about to be Sabbath, the day of rest. You want to be a Jew? Sit. Watch. Learn. Oh, that is so sweet. But actually, I'm supposed to meet my boyfriend. I can skip it. <laughs> Come, girls, gather. weirdly teary-eyed when they did the barucha i don't know why oh yeah it was so beautiful yeah there's something beautiful about like our ancient customs i agree and also like also i just yeah i love it just felt very new york-y too yeah it's a great scene i mean the reveal that she you know again this is just classic great great storytelling is that you create and this really helps with this really helps with comedies i think because i think in dramas and dramedies characters are so nuanced that there's almost like it's not quite as funny because there isn't such a black and white personality, but because her personality is so defined and a little over the top and so like cares what people think and is a good girl and a people pleaser and is a preppy that it's always really satisfying to see Charlotte like explode and say all her feelings and be a huge mess and let people see her as a mess. Like as a as a writer, it's like you really appreciate seeing that because that's a big character turn. And yeah. They did all the work leading up to it so that when she does things like that, it's really meaningful. Yeah. And it makes you love her even more because it's a big deal for her to do that. It's not easy yes. for her. Yeah. Well, she's not. Yeah. She's not. Even when she's vulnerable, she's like kind of stiff mm -hmm. when she's vulnerable. Yes. This is, yeah. So it's nice when she kind of like drops the drops the act. Yeah. So a little bit. I loved it. It's also the vulnerability comes like because she's such a bottled person, it's so often outbursts. Like it's never just like mm -hmm. woven through. So it always has right. to be a big moment for her, which is why also to your point about it working for comedy, panning to there being a whole family here for yes, uh, yes. dinner is, is a great visual joke. Yeah. I also love like when the rabbi first slams the door in her face. I mean, obviously this is dramatized for, for television and and whatever but like i think it was a really clever storyline and i absolutely adore the scene where she realizes oh the rabbi's playing hard to get with me i can play this game like the fact that she like i invented this. it's an amazing scene so good. And, and just the fact that the rabbi is playing hard to get with her and and it's like a hero's journey she really does have to like summon all her courage and it's just that much more satisfying. It's just classical story stuff. It's like, and life stuff. In life, if something came easily to you, whether it was a job, a love, a, anything, you wouldn't care that much. It's the fighting for it that makes it Absolutely. meaningful. It makes the reward so much higher. Mm -hmm. Also, just an acting thing. I love when you can see, when you see Kristen Davis know the way she's funny mm -hmm. and she's really playing into it. Like the way she was like knocking on the door Mm -hmm. of the the of the where where was that was that the his synagogue? house i think his house the rabbi's house she's very like like you're very right. huffy right. and like her wrist is like flopping in this way where you're like nobody knocks like that <laughs> but she's so cartoonish and i love when we just get to see Kristen davis be like a great comedy you're actress. right absolutely and she when she gets really huffy and she's like well, i never like it's just so like it's almost like lucille ball or something you're like you just absolutely yeah. right and it actually is kind of making me mad because it's almost like she was born in the wrong time 
Because now suddenly, like, actresses like Katherine Hahn and Michaela Watkins and, like, women around that age have, like, a million opportunities. And even Julia totally. Louise-Dreyfus, Kristen Davis should have, and even Christina Applegate with Dead to Me, she should have had opportunity after opportunity. You're absolutely right about that. I don't know what's that. going on. She's, She's so a, funny. Amazing comedy actress. She amazing. should be working, working, working. She should be, like, Lucille Bluth or something. Like I know. Yeah, you're, like, that. Like com- that's why comedy is so special is that, like, it's pretty hard to age out. You of can comedy. not if you're good. Yeah. No, you don't. It's a little like one of those. Like, I feel like um, I think Rosie Perez has kind of had this happen a little bit where like search party recognizes that like she's amazingly funny. And so yeah. they make use of her. Like, I think that like cool comedy, so to speak, that's on TV right now, like needs to really pick up on Kristen Davis because she delivers so hard in that vein. Yes. And, like, and another actress that I think is like that, that because of racism, sexism and ageism, isn't like still a superstar is Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg is one of the funniest actors Absolutely. on the planet. She's Truly. so talented, but she's not considered like a Eurocentric hottie. And so she didn't like, I feel like if she was working today, the, the way that some actresses are that are funny, she would just like. Totally. I know. I wonder if she's choosing not to. I think she retired. I th- with the view, I think she's just kind of on the view and like making a lot of money from the view. She's doing well. I just think that people don't respect her as like a comedy icon because she really mm-hmm. is. I just, but she was at one point because she got nominated for an Oscar. So I think like, she won what? an Oscar too. Did she win oh, yeah, she, for Ghost? Did she win? I think for ghosts. She did. I mean, yeah. she was really like, good enough. Why is it not all the time? Also, like Sister Act. Yeah, she was like s- such a Massive. funny leading lady for so long. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, she won for ghosts. Another one is the I forget her name, but the woman who plays the mom on Sister Sister is so. She's oh, she's incredible! Funny. Incredible! Unbelievable! Yeah, those those sitcoms are great. They're still good. Yeah, hundred percent. She like blows my mind. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, getting us back into it. Mm-hmm. So Samantha heads back to Raw. She flirts with the waiter a little bit, but when he heads to help another table, she realizes she's not the only one interested in him. The whole place wants to sleep with this guy. And Miranda makes it home to relieve Steve of Brady duty. Luckily for her, he fixed her TiVo, which she says she loves him for. But she clarifies it's not love, love, TiVo repair love. He takes off for a date with someone else. That's such a good, like, funny, like, perfect scene. I love you. I mean, uh. yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Back at Raw, I have to say, you know, we talk about favorite episodes or seasons. I think my favorite scene of the, okay, how about this? My favorite comedic scene of the entire six series is this scene with Samantha at Raw. Competing Waiting out the girls. That's so good. Is I mean, I would have died to be in the writer's room when, when they were beating that episode idea out or at least on stage watching that being shot. I think that is a perfect if I was teaching a comedy class, I would teach that scene. OK, so back at Raw, Samantha waits out her competition. I also think this is really funny because everyone has at one point been at a restaurant and seen the hottest fucking waiter of their lives and been yeah. like, I think I'm going to go back to that restaurant. Like I definitely either thought that or did something like oh, that. Yeah. Like, In high school, I was obsessed with this guy who worked at this, like, like kind of like hippie, like, I don't even know what to call it. It was like, whatever. It was like, it was called the cosmic cafe. <laughs> so it's all, it was like sandwiches. And it's basically raw and, like, in Dallas. Yeah, bro, in Dallas. And the guy who worked there was so fucking hot. And I found out that he was in a band. And my friend and I, like, went to go see his band play. And, like, I later found out he was, like, 
34 <laughs> when I was like 17, but I was like really. And he was still like, like down for he it. Would, yeah, I was, I was hoping he was like a pedophile. <laughs> like, I don't know what. It's so crazy. Uh, yeah, because he I noticed I would like kind of like flirt with him and he like wouldn't flirt back. And I'm like, what is his deal? <laughs> it's like he just didn't want to be a fucking green. Yeah, but that kind of shit is so real. I feel like in college, if I uh, thought saw someone hot, I would like return wearing something cute. So it's definitely oh very God. realistic. So basically, Samantha is trying to wait out the competition at the restaurant. And one by one, the women start to drop out until it's just down to her and one other woman trying to sleep with him. Incredible. Finally, Samantha's had it. She offers to buy the other woman's dinner if she will just give up. Lucky for Samantha, the woman does. The waiter is officially hers. And Carrie and Berger make it back to her place after dinner. They've both had a lot to drink and Carrie's whole lingerie bit goes sideways as she can't get her skirt off. And then she accidentally hits <laughs> Burger in the it's head amazing. with a shoe. She tries to sexily kick off of her foot. It doesn't really matter, however, as he ends up passing out before they can even try sleeping together again. I love that scene. Over at Samantha's, she and the waiter do sleep together. They really go to town. There is an amazing montage scene that I like commented on on my Instagram because it was so funny. There's one sex position they do. It's like, honestly, there's no way it's it's just like rubbing buttholes. It literally looks like what a five year old thinks sex is. It's like an impossible sexual position. It is such a funny montage. It's like classic. But also they are really like naked and doing stuff. Like if you were watching this and like someone walked in, they would honestly think you're watching porn, which is like so racy for HBO in like a really yeah, fun way. Samantha, yeah, she's we see her naked it's quite a amazing. lot. It's amazing. But there's a really yeah. fun scene because the next morning he tells her she didn't need to bother with the lingerie and ordering all that food. He was ready to go home with her the minute he saw her, which is actually oh, kind of sweet. It's so sweet. And uh, the ep- it's romantic. Oh, completely. It's a great, great I mean, scene. you know, for like a hookup situation. It's, yeah. It's pretty much the most romantic thing that could happen. Exactly. The episode closes with Carrie and Berger waking up to have a conversation. Berger, what if we're just not good together in bed? No, don't say that. All right, look, I choked. We had it all going on. We did. And I thought it would be great, and I wanted it to be great, and I choked. And then I came over the next night, and I thought it would be better, and... I choked. Well, what's up? We should be smoking, not choking. I think sometimes the rhyme helps. I agree. Boy, those are, those are some very sexy shoes. Shall I put them on? Yeah, hey, couldn't hurt. Throw some of that over your left shoulder. Come on, you want things to get worse? I was gonna talk to you about it, but... Yeah, I wanted to talk to you, but... Well, let's make a deal. I talk to you, you talk to me. We should be able to talk about these things. Let's talk about it. We'll talk. That morning, the other shoe dropped, and it wasn't bad at all. In fact, it was kind of hot. She doesn't have me convinced. Well, it's actually interesting because when I was She's like, it wasn't bad at all. It was kind of hot. No, it's not <laughs> like, a great. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> it's a really fun scene, and it's a really great storyline. I have mixed feelings about it because I don't know. I guess I personally don't have experience 
The only people I've ever had bad sex or bad physical chemistry with, it didn't ever get good. It wasn't like, oh, we just had to have this one conversation where we put out salt shakers and then like we unlocked it. Like, so that was kind of surprising. Why was it bad and why did it get good? Like thoughts? I Yeah, I also I don't know if I have an exact answer to that question. I don't have an answer to that question. I guess maybe because they were both in their it was supposed to imply they were both in their heads about it. I guess they had really built up that it was going to be amazing because everything else in every other category was like so dead on for Mm -hmm. them. So then maybe that just like put them in their heads. Yeah, that feels real. That's probably what they were going for. I will say, though, when they first like woke up and started this conversation, I didn't like when Berger like I would have if this happened to me in real life when he was like, those are some very sexy shoes <laughs> that's a good, like, good imitation i just feel a little like yeah like can't you like kind of be hot right now like he's being a little i i don't like to define masculinity in these terms but in this particular situation you're being a little beta and we need a little alpha like i think that i feel like they're both kind of being like we should talk we should talk we should talk and it's like that's not I don't know. I want there to like even that feels like a lack of passion to me. Well, I have to say, I mean, I think that it's so amazing to have a real adult conversation about your sex life with somebody who actually can also talk about it and wants to. I've had conversations about sex with past partners where they got so quiet or clammy or uncomfortable. So just the fact that they both he was willing to go there. Both of them. I mean, just I was really like, wow, that is so cool that they because I mean, I think it's maybe it's just the kinds of guys I've been with, but I think it's so cool to I almost feel like if you can talk about this, you can like get through anything kind of. And it's just such a such a good sign for your relationship if you can talk about the most taboo thing that everyone has. Right. And this early on, too, like they're brand new. Exactly. And like even when it's really late in a relationship, it's like when you really love someone, there's like even more stakes because you don't want to hurt their feelings. And there's a lot of ego in the bedroom. And it's like it's, you know. Even if you were kind of feeling like you needed to like add some spice with someone you've been with a long time that you love, like that's a hard conversation to have. Like, so I just think the fact that they had this wildly open conversation, I was like, that is hot. That is cool. That is amazing. That is total relationship goals. And that kind of made me feel like, you know what? If they can talk this openly about it, they can figure this out. I kind of felt like, but the only thing is I'm total. And I actually agree with you, Jamie. I do think that there is a world in which you really like someone And just for whatever reason, maybe the first couple of times are bad. So then you panic. And then once you Mm -hmm. relax, it can get good. I think that's possible. Totally. I do, too. I do, too. But the only thing I have a problem with is just the mechanics of the scene, because when they're like, okay, let's talk, let's talk. I thought that what that was leading to was now that they can talk, it was actually really awkward and they didn't know what to say. I didn't see any kind of sexual buildup. It didn't seem like it was like, let's talk. And then they get closer and they're looking at each other's lips. Let's talk. And it's like you know, her hair is falling a certain way. Like I, I, I didn't follow. No, there wasn't. It, you're, it you're bringing up a like really good point. It came out of nowhere, didn't it? It was, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could see it argued both ways. Speaking to that sort of weird build, I also only, only just listening to it, realized that like they would also be incredibly hungover. So to build to this level of like you two starts jamming sex is really, really wild. <laughs> Is that who that was? Yeah. I thought it was U2, but then I was like, maybe this is a sound alike. <laughs> no, it is U2. It, it, it okay. goes over the wow. credits a bit and it's... Oh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. This brings us to 
our question of the episode. As I tried to scrub the smell of uncooked okra off me, I started thinking about sex expectations. We're aware, as smart single women, that we can't expect perfection, but life still manages to throw us curveballs. Maybe once you're into your mid 30s, it shouldn't be called dating. It should be called waiting for the other shoe to drop. If it's not the sex between me and you, then someone has to become a Jew. Why is it always Dr. something? What? <laughs> Why is it rhyming all of a sudden? And like Why? only yeah. one time. It's like such a weird. Does it have to drop I did not the other shoe? That. Or do you have to convert into a Jew? Do I want to eat it in a house? Do I want to eat it with a mouse? That was weird and Very dorky. strange. Yeah. Is her question, does it always have to be something? Is that what her question is? Why is it always something? I mean, what do you think? Jamie? That's just to me that it is because I think that's just how life goes. I don't, I think that we're conditioned to believe that like you are able to achieve like, like sort of like bliss or perfect happiness or something, but that's, that's really not true. And all you can really do to get close to that is almost like in a Buddhist sense, like you can control yourself and how you react to things and you can open up your communication and that sort of thing. But, but it doesn't mean you're going to be problem free, like, because life isn't problem free. So I don't, I think it is always something even there are different levels. It's not like you're marrying like, a mob or something. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, like, I think there are problems that are manageable and there are problems that are I'm dating less Donnie so. Yeah, that would not be good. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is always something, but um I think Carrie feels particularly defeated. Um, because this is the first person she's really liked after big and everything seemed great. And she's like, I have met my match. And then it's like, oh, like, does he have to be bad in bed? Come on. Like, it's so stressful. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's kind of to our to the earlier point about converting. It's kind of like in life, you don't get it. You don't get just like a coconut cream pie with no calories. Like, it's just not possible. Exa like, oh, that's such a great way to put it, Rose. You do not get a coconut cream pie without calories. Exactly. And it's like a totally, either you meet a guy a who's really, really interesting and hot and has great style, but yep. is unavailable or he's really available, but you're a little bored or I mean, not to make everything so black and white, but. I do think everything comes with strings and everything. You know, if you're single, it's exciting and you never get bored. But sometimes you're lonely. If you're in a long thing, maybe sometimes it gets boring. But you have someone, you know, I just feel like you don't get all the things all the time. Also, even if it starts out, you have perfect sex and everything's great. Well, it's not not work to maintain that. Yeah. To like really like nourish your relationship and keep that going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that takes that takes effort, too. So, yeah, I just... It kind of is always something. And I think you, all you can do is control your ability and how to react to it and react to it. And unfortunately, like you will have to make judgment calls where you're like, is it worth this? Or, you know, is this worth staying for? Or is it like insurmountable? And yeah, I can't live like this. It, kind exactly. Of and it's like, um, I think the sacrifices, I mean, this sounds very, this is a very traditional view, uh, but I'm also like only interested in monogamy, but like, it's also right. the sacrifices you make in something that make it worthwhile. If you didn't sacrifice anything and if there was never a problem, then it wouldn't be that meaningful, I don't think. Yeah, I think that's true. I think, yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's I think that's a, a good way to look at it. I do think things that are 
like the most important things in life, whether it's love life or career or whatever, like there is a level of putting up a fight and like it is more rewarding. I think so. Ultimately. Think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A test of endurance. Yes. Um, okay. So final segmento. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I am horny for uh, adult coloring books and coloring pencils. Oh, sounds so fun. I've been watching TV and I just like wanted something to do with my hands. So I bought a couple of adult coloring books and I bought some Prisma colored pencils. And now I color while I watch TV and it's like really, really fun and relaxing love yeah that. it's so silly so much better than being on your phone because you can actually like pay attention yeah and it's just kind of like you know dare i say i'm sticking my baby toe into a little hobby over here arts and crafts mm-hmm. yeah well i mean little miss jewelry over i'm here not necessarily it. um gonna sell my colored out coloring books but <laughs> even though maybe at one point people will want them on ebay yeah. on ebay it's gonna Rose go for a lot colored coloring books jamie yeah. what are you horny for this week I have two horny fours. Um, my first one is HBO's The Undoing. It's so good. Wow, yum. I so love it. So good. I'm obsessed. Um, it's really, really Ooh, good. Yay. With Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. It's just a real spicy thriller. And there's only like a few episodes up. They're definitely releasing a new one every week, which is annoying because you can't binge watch. But yeah, it's I'm very excited by it. Um, and the other one is a musician who I can't stop listening to. His name is Sebastian Paul. And it's just like one dude in Colorado. Um, but he kind of sounds like it's almost like post Malone meets blood orange or something. Um, so if either of those bands do it for you, I think he will blood too. Malone, bloody Malone. Blood Malone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good. Sebastian Paul. Okay, great shout Yeah, out. and oh, just like, just because sometimes when you listen to a new artist, you like sometimes will listen to the wrong songs. Most of his songs are really good. Um, he has a pretty like high success rate there, but I would listen to Impatient and Trojan Horse. Yeah, uh, Back and Forth is another good one. Yeah, and then, oh, On Some High. That one's amazing, On Some High. Anyways, yeah, he's great. Okay. I feel like he's going to like blow up at some point, but right now How do you find out about not. new music? Like, how do you get into new tunes? Um, I don't even know anymore. Sometimes I just stumble upon it somehow. Um, sometimes, like, if I listen to playlists on Apple Music, I'll find someone that way and then i'm like oh i liked that song what else do they have yeah so yeah he's great awesome okay and that is that well we have an exciting guest next week yeah comedian really exciting yeah wonderful comedian and writer and actor jimmy fowley he does a Woo-hoo. sex in the city parody web series that we post on couldn't help but wonder instagram so you guys have probably seen him and otherwise this was an absolute delight yeah, this was great. Um, great episode. We love you guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning into our show. And uh, yeah, have a have a great day. Have a great week and a great life. Yeah. Go Biden Harris. Go Biden Harris. OK, bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog.
This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.